Today, for the first two segments of the show, we'll be talking about the spring roster, offense, and defense, and we'll wrap up by talking about the Florida Gators women's basketball team, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Line Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. And I am so happy to be home. The Senior Bowl was dope. Uh, and I'm going to talk about it more tomorrow. I was going to talk about the Senior Bowl today, but then Florida Gators women's basketball, the game happened yesterday versus Georgia. And I was just like, yeah, no, I need to talk about this game. So Senior Bowl can come tomorrow. It was dope. I'm glad to be home. I'm very happy. I hope you like my new background. It was a surprise when I came home. So that was dope. But looking at the spring roster, I'm uh, going to start with the quarterbacks. Obviously, that has been the most discussed position on this team. It's also the most disgusting position on this team. That's a lie. There's a few more disgusting than quarterbacks. But uh, we've covered this extensively. We've talked about it so much. Emory Jones is still on the roster. Anthony Richardson is recovering from meniscus surgery. Jack Miller III is a transfer coming in from Ohio State, expected to compete for the starting spot. And a lot of people feel like he might be someone who can legitimately make a run for this. And I am one of those people where it's like, well, look at this offense. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to make short passes and they're going to make deep passes. Intermediate's not a big thing here. And you don't need to be mobile to run it. And I think that's a big thing when you look at Jack Miller is he's not, um, he's not, he's not a statue. Some people might say, but, but he's not super mobile. He's no AR and he's no Emory. But I think he's got a more accurate arm than the other. I don't want to say better arm, but more accurate arm than the other options. So I think he's going to make a legitimate run at this thing. And then you've got the dark horses of Carlos Oriol Wilson and Jalen Kidner. They're not the only quarterbacks on the roster. You have guys like Jack Anders there. But when you look at this season, Carlos Oriol Wilson and Jalen Kitna are pure dark horses here. I know a lot of people are like, ah, let's see what the kids can do. We're gonna at spring at spring practice, but I don't think they've got a legitimate chance of becoming the starting quarterback this season. I just don't think that's really a thing here. And when we look at transfers in this group, it's Emory Jones has to be number one here. You know, before the bowl game, he said that he was going to transfer, and then he didn't. And well, we we can see what happens if he doesn't win the starting spot. Look at him running backs. We're gonna see a lot of these guys in camp. And in the season, uh, Naquan Wright, Montreal Johnson, and Demarcus Bowman will likely shoulder the load in spring ball with Trevor Etienne not being an early enrollee here, so he's not going to be around. But the group has great depth, especially for an offense that's going to run the ball a lot and going to rotate their running backs a lot. So all these guys could see significant carries. And like I've said before, I think Naquan Wright sees a lot of time in the slot as well. So th- there's an option there. But looking at other receivers in general, this is, um, well, this is a deep group that could step up. You know, you've got Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter are almost definitely going to be the starters on the outside. But then you look at the rest of the group and it's like, don't worry, they're going to contribute. The rest of the group will contribute. There's going to be a lot of guys coming in and coming for screens and doing whatever they're going to do. 
but I don't know who's going to be contributing more. I think that, and I've, I said this, uh, I believe two weeks ago when I covered receivers, where I was like, I think Marcus Burke and Jaquavian Frazier's will kind of kind of separate themselves in spring camp. I think that they're both going to play a, a considerable amount. Trent Whittemore is here. But I, I, I think that they're both going to play a considerable amount here. Um, I'm just not entirely certain who else is going to really um, r- really step up and, and be those guys. Um, I think that's a little bit of an issue with this team is that there's talent, but it's also a lot of question marks here where you've got guys where, like, you could look at, like, Fenley Graham. Um, Fenley Graham is someone who... A lot of people like him. I, I like him personally. He, he's very athletic. He's very dynamic as a playmaker. But he's a safety. He's a, he's a DB. He's a great kicker turner. But it, it's expected, or not expected, but it's rumored that he wants to try out playing receiver for a bit. And that's that's entirely something that he likely can do. Uh, at least early on he'd probably only be like a screen and around kind of guy jet sweep and that's fine there's a role for you there but i want i want to see if he's given the shot uh because it's, it's it's a lot of question marks here behind your top three of xavier henderson justin shorter and trent whittemore looking at tight end whew, um yikes it's probably the worst position on the team in terms of depth um because it's likely that one of these guys transfers and i think it'll be nick Alksness. um and i'll say that because he came here expecting to be involved in a passing offense under Dan Mullen, similar to how guys like Kyle Pitts were used, and that won't be a thing for him, really. I wouldn't blame him for leaving, but this is a tight end group where there's not a ton of top talent. There's a lot of question marks. Keon Zipper, we've seen him play, but we've never seen him be the guy, and that's going to be the biggest question mark, I think, when we look at tight ends is, well, can he do it? Can he be that guy? Jonathan Odom, Gage Wilcox, all going to play, but again, you don't really know who's going to be the guy here. And when people talk about uh, Hayden Hansen, who's not in spring camp, uh, but when you talk about Hayden Hansen, it's like, why, why did we bring in a three-star tight end? This is why. There are four tight ends on roster in spring camp, and this is going to be a team that wants to run a lot of 12 personnel. So that's two tight ends on the field. You can't do that if, if you don't have the, the tight ends that can actually play and contribute on this team. Again, the offensive line. There's a lot of guys here. Like there, there are a lot of wide of a wide receivers of offensive linemen on this roster. We expect guys like Osiris Torrance to separate himself from the pack, but the team needs to figure out which unit will work best for them. I'm interested to see guys like Osiris Torrance and guys like Cameron Waits go at it against SEC defensive linemen because that's they. Well, Osiris Torrance was dominant while he played last year for Louisiana, but that was in the Sun Belt. This is the SEC. Life is different here, baby. We got to figure out what's going to happen there. I think in practice, we're going to see a lot of offensive line combinations as the coaching staff tries to figure out what the best combo will be. But I think right now, a lot of positions, complete toss-ups, which I'm excited for because, you know, uh, to be direct, last year, the offensive line, you sucked. So I want to see you be better here, and I think that you can be better with guys like Osiris Torrance starting. I think he's the best offensive lineman on this team, and I don't think that's a far-fetched thing to say. But also, rotating in and figuring out who's going to be our guys. Who who maybe um, might not be the best pass blockers, might not be the best run blockers. But uh, 
I'm a fan of the floor of the New York Giants, and um, they won Super Bowls with teams that were bad individual offensive lines, but great units. And I think that's what you really got to figure out here. And spring ball will hopefully see a lot of different combinations and hopefully allow them to kind of gain some chemistry because this is a season where um, offensive line is going to be, well, very heavily relied on to find success on this team. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I didn't because I spent my entire Saturday traveling. Thanks, Houston Airport. Hate you. Uh, and I spent last week working for the Senior Bowl. It was, it was a rough time. I genuinely did not look at my phone that much. My screen time was down. That, that never happens. I always go up. I'm like GameStop stock. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida. Women's basketball has been doing fantastic for me. Men's basketball, not so much. But women's basketball, crushing it. Love you. BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost... <clears throat> been a couple days since I did this. Anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Whether you use a website or a mobile device, which is how I use it, that's how I love it, betonline.net is where the game starts. Looking at this defensive roster here, I'm going to start with the edges because they're, they're a big position here, especially in this in this defense. They're going to play a big role because I've, I've discussed this extensively and I will discuss it again, I promise you. We're going to look more at scheme for this team. But the edges here, you're going to be rushing the passer but you are totally relied upon also in stopping the run and playing coverage every now and then. So Brenton Cox Jr., he obviously headlines the group. He's that guy. But behind him, there's there's kind of question marks. Like, like we know that the, the lead for the number two edge spot is Prince Liam and Mielin. That is, that is no discussion. Or I don't think it's a discussion. He's leading the number two spot right now. But you've also got Lloyd Summerall there. And a guy that I want to talk about as someone who... Could kind of could kind of steal snaps here, and it wouldn't shock me if he was the number two guy. Uh, Chief Borders, you know, he, he's someone who in high school he was outside linebacker slash safety. Last year he did not play much at all. I think he played five defensive snaps, if I'm not mistaken. So he didn't play much, which wasn't really expected that he would play much anyway. But I I think he's kind of a I think he's kind of a dark horse for someone who can play early and often in this defense. You know, he, he's someone who, like I said, in high school played linebacker and safety. And you're going to be dropping in coverage. That, that's a thing this defense does. So Chief Borders already has experience dropping in coverage. And I think that could play a big part in him actually playing edge on, in this defense. I think we could see him drop back quite a bit in coverage and he, he really opens things up he's one of those hybrid defenders where you know he he won't be dominant in any one factor of the game but he could do so much that he, he helps your defense take take strides and become just that much better so brenton cox jr prince liam and mailing lloyd summerall and Chief Borders are the four guys that I really expect to play a lot on the edge here. Looking at defensive line, you're at another situation where we've got number one. Like we have our guy there with Javon Dexter, of course. He's been a phenomenal pass rusher, phenomenal interior defensive lineman. He's made plays in the run, but he's obviously been much better as a pass rusher. He's someone who 
he wins with athleticism more than we'd like to see. And that, that's not great when you look at the rest of this team, but also a position where he's number one and number two behind him is kind of a question mark. You know, you've got Chris McClellan, the incoming freshman for Oklahoma. He's here. He's going to be involved in this, in these spring camps. You've got Desmond Watson who's still listed at 415 pounds. I'm, I'm hoping that they just haven't done weigh-ins yet, but, um, yeah, 415 is a lot. So you've got Chris McClellan's going to be there. Um, uh, Desmond Watson is another great defensive lineman coming in. Dante Zanders is probably going to be more of an edge, but I'm not super high on him if we're going to be honest. Jalen Lee is someone who could find his way playing kind of consistently, but this is a defensive line group where they're going to be relied upon also to drop in coverage every now and then. And I don't know if we really have that guy that I that I rely upon because um, – Dropping in coverage, I don't think that you could play Javon Dexter as someone who drops in coverage very often. I think he is just way too good as a penetrating defensive lineman to do that. Desmond Watson, I I don't think physically can be someone who drops in coverage. So you're probably not going to see them on the field much. So Desmond Watson can't be defensive lineman too. So I think that's a big issue there. Um, And yeah, like the defensive line in general, it kind of worries me because you know, edge, we're waiting for that guy to step up to be edge too. D-line and or interior defensive line, we're waiting for that guy to step up and be interior defensive lineman too. Um, that's not great to have both positions on your on your defensive line and your defensive front. Both have one guy that were like, they, they're proven they can make plays. We know that. And the rest be like, hopefully it can happen. I, I think that's a poor approach to take. I don't think that there's anything that this coaching staff could really do about that. But I, it, it's it's got me a little skeptical here. Looking at linebacker, it's a position with a ton of depth, but no legitimate top talent like we were hoping for, especially in spring ball. You know, guys like Shamar James not there. So that, that's not really something that we can be like, oh, well, you know, they're going to get there soon. Um, that's not something that we can promise at all. You got it's probably the weakest position on the defense. I think the second weakest position on the team. I think tight end's the weakest position. I think linebacker is, is right there because at least linebacker has someone like Ventrell Miller who who he's he's proven he can't do a ton to really advance this defense, but at least he's proven he could do something to advance this defense where none of the tight ends have proven they could do anything really. Keon Zipper has proven he could be a tight end too in this offense. That that doesn't mean much when you're when you're asked to play tight end one. So Ventra Miller, he's the guy right now on this defense. After that, you've got guys in in spring camp like Scooby Williams, um, Derek Wingo, and Dewan Black are the three guys that it's like, well, they need to separate. There should not be an interior linebacker, an off ball linebacker that passes them like they they need to be those guys that step up you know uh lost out on harold perkins which sucks tyron hopper also left to an sec school and then you've got shamar james is coming in but you gotta have guys that are on this roster and ready to play and you know i i've tried being optimistic about the linebackers here um but i I'm not super confident that they could do much. You know, you look at Amari Bernie. I I don't think he's good. I'm just, I'm just outright telling you. I don't think he's good. I don't think there are many guys on this team that are good. 
outside of Ventrell Miller. And even then, he's a complete liability in coverage at times. So linebacker is a big question mark here. Looking at the secondary, sheesh, you ain't never seen a position more talented, I'll say. Um, Both corner and safety are insane. Chock full of talent, just, just talent throughout. Deepest positions on the roster, both of them safety, or both of them secondary, corner and safety. I'd expect at least a couple of transfer outs here. Um, just because you look, uh, I get it, talent acquisition business, but there's just too much talent here. Um, and I, I mean too much talent, as in too much to retain. You can never have too much talent or any position, really, but especially in the secondary. But some people are going to want to find new homes. Um, and as much as that sucks to say, it's like, well, this is an insanely deep group. Like, like I've said before, they're, they're a very deep group where we've got Jason Marshall Jr. is likely going to start. Avery Helm, or sorry, Jason, Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm should be the starters on the outside. But you've also got Jaden Hill, who was expected to be the starter opposite Kyrie Elam last year but got injured before the year, missed the entire year, and Jason Marshall and Avery Helm kind of kind of filled his spot. Um, I, I want to say it was it was pretty seamlessly. Um, I realize that's kind of uh, dismissive, but I, I think corner two was a very good position for us last year. Corner in general was a very good position. You've got guys like Ethan Pouncey who are going to want to play. Um, and we're just at a spot where looking at this team – I, I think Jordan Young and Ethan Pouncey are kind of the guys that could transfer. I don't think Ethan Pouncey will because, you know, he came to Florida and his brother, Jordan Pouncey, who plays wide receiver for Florida, came to Florida with the intent of playing on the same team. And so I don't think Ethan Pouncey transfers just yet, but this is a young secondary and a good secondary where I don't know how much playing time he finds. Jordan Young also, I don't know how much playing time he finds. So at corner, I think those are two guys who – they won't see run early. I don't think they will, especially Jalen Kimber coming in. I don't think Young or Pouncey find playing time early, so they could choose to jump ship, but I really don't think Ethan Pouncey does just because he's got eligibility and his brother is still on the roster here. With Corey Collier at safety is the guy that I think might go, maybe Dakota Mitchell too, but I, I think both of them are, are um, what's the, I'll, I'll say flight risks at, at safety where, they could both leave and it wouldn't surprise me because, again, you're looking at a position with just a ton of talent here. The safety class is, is fantastic, especially when you have Trey Dean coming back for another year, along with Rashad Torrance II starting at safety. They're both going to be starting there. And then you look at the star spot was Trevez Johnson last year. And you look at Kamar Wilcoxon played last year. Mordecai McDaniel played – or Kamar Wilcoxon was supposed to play last year but got injured, and Mordecai McDaniel – did play last year. Kamari Wilson's a five-star safety that's coming in and is here for spring camp. So he's going to find playing time where Corey Collier, he's someone who coming into Florida was, you know, he needs to add weight. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. I don't know how much he plays. If we're just going to be completely honest, I, I don't know how much he plays and I love him, but I, I, and I think next year he'd play, but I don't, I don't know if he's going to find his way really into the rotation. And uh, we're, we're coming up on that time where it'll be two years of you not playing. Will you transfer to find a spot where you can play and, and can kind of force yourself into that rotation? 
and play at the next level is really the next question. So safety or secondary in general, I think is incredibly talented both at the top end depth wise, but I don't know how much of that talent is retained in Gainesville for next year. It's the new year. So that means new year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit and working out and doing this, uh, great for you. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping my New Year's resolution. It's it's awful, especially spending a week in Alabama when I'm I'm used to New York foods. So that barbecue hit different down there. If we're being honest, every year my weakness is the sweet tooth. Usually, last week, of course, it was it was that barbecue that got me. Um, but with Built Bar, it's already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have just 130 calories and four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein so it's it's already it, it's it's that snack you need throw out your hidden stashes your reese's kit kat whatever it may be throw them out snickers throw them out whatever it is and just get built bar you don't gotta sneak around you don't gotta feel bad about whatever you're doing none of that just, just get built bar and enjoy yourself built bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors so you'll never get bored use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off of your next order that is locked l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 to get 15 percent off of your next order at built or builtbar.com to wrap up today's show we are talking about the florida gators women's basketball team and um i'm gonna say it this way holy hell I love this team. I don't think I have ever loved a women's basketball team as much as I love the 2021-22 Florida Gators women's basketball team. Because eight games ago, eight, ocho (laughs) games ago, they lost Lavender Briggs, who was a phenomenal player for the Florida Gators. Uh, She got injured, and then she entered the transfer portal. And uh, since then... Since then, the Florida Gators women's basketball team is 7-1 in those eight games. That includes wins over... uh, These rankings are at the time, not current, but at at the time, number 25, Texas A&M. And by the way, that's what matters. What what, At the time is what matters. So number 25, Texas A&M. On Auburn, mm -hmm. unranked Alabama, mm -hmm. but then their next bunch of wins... Just massively impressive. Number 23, Kentucky. Number 11, LSU. Number 7, Tennessee, which, by the way, never happens. Florida never beats Tennessee in women's basketball. Number 7. And this unranked Florida Gators team beat them. And then yesterday's game happened, of course. And yesterday's game was Florida beating at number 14, Georgia. Seven wins in an eight-game span. And the, the one loss, the one loss that the Florida Gators face is against number one, South Carolina. And they lost that game by 12, which sounds kind of bad. But that's also a South Carolina team that just, a, 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 I think the game before the Florida game, won by like 27 and a couple games before that won 85 to 30 85 to 30 this that's a south carolina team that is unmatched on this planet in, in women's college basketball so this team has done absolute like the florida gators have done absolutely nothing but beat the odds 
and continue to improve for so long now. Because I know I talked about it last week or maybe the week before. This is a Florida Gators team, the Florida Gators women's basketball team that faced so much adversity early in the year and has continued to face adversity or before the season and has continued to face adversity with losing Lavender Briggs to injury and then transferring to Maryland. But they've done nothing but keep their head down, move on, and improve. They should have been ranked before the last rankings came out. Now I want to see them top 15. You show me 15 women's basketball teams that are better than the Florida Gators. Because I'll tell you what, you can't. And I don't give a damn who you are, what your credibility is, what your experience is. There are not 15 women's college basketball teams that are better than the Florida Gators. And if you think there are, shut the hell up. It's just, it's as simple as that. You're wrong. You, you just, you're dumb. Simple as that. The Georgia game was especially impressive because going into the fourth quarter, the Gators were down 42 to 38. And they were losing still with like three minutes left in the game. And then the Florida Gators did, did this nice little thing where they went on a 16 to nine run in the fourth quarter to win the game 54 to 51, or sorry, 16 to eight run to go on nine. Yeah, nine. I'm just, I'm losing it at this point. Where they won 54 to 51, especially late in the game. They played fantastic defense. And don't get me wrong. Georgia had the opportunity to make some shots and just miss them. But Florida was getting late contests on these shots. Kiki Smith all over the place defensively. And as a playmaker, whether it was rebounding, passing, whatever it may have been, Kiki Smith was just on one against Georgia. Zippy Broughton kept doing her thing, especially late in the game. She she was kind of someone who, you know, she hit an end one and then the free throw to really or she had the end one and missed the free throw to, to really kind of push this game ahead. She scored the, that 54, that final points. And the leading scorers in this game were Jordan Merritt and Zippy Broughton. They, they both had 11. Do you know how impressive it is to have your leading scorers score 11 points and to walk away with a victory at that point? Like this seems ridiculous. This was a game that was about as team oriented as you could get. And this is a team where they're just fantastic, phenomenal, whatever adjective you want to use, they are that. The next game is this Thursday against Mississippi State. The end of the schedule is looking easier than the past eight games have been. But again, this they don't give a damn. And I mean, looking at the end of the season, looking at the SEC tournament, looking beyond this Florida Gators women's basketball team, I, I get nothing but props. Y'all are built different. I'm telling you, they're they're just they're special. It's as simple as that. They're special. I don't even care. They could lose out. They could win out. I don't give a damn. This is a team that is special, and there's no other way to describe them. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about the Florida Gators. We'll be we'll be doing so much. It's just this week is gonna be lit. <laughs> we got seen we'll talking tomorrow. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I'll see you all tomorrow.